Welcome to the intersection of faith and the culture. This is Wall Builders, where we're taking on the hot topics of the day from a biblical, historical, and constitutional perspective. Here with David and Tim Barton, I'm Rick Green. we got a great show for you. You're going to get a little bit down for a few minutes, and then you're going to go, wow, there's hope, there's something I can do about this. It's a tough subject, guys. We're talking about you know, basically the modern-day slavery, and Tim, as you point out in our biblical citizenship class, there's more people in slavery today than back in the founding era, and in some ways it's even more horrific and so we're going to talk about ways people can help and uh, places they can go. You guys are both uh, very involved with the Nazarene Fund and, of course, rescuing persecuted Christians all around the world, uh, but also kids in sex trafficking. Um, it's just, it's ugly, it's awful, but it needs to be done, and there's some amazing stories that come out of it. Yeah, what we do, the Nazarene Fund, and we talked a lot about what happened last August, going back to when Afghanistan shut down and getting Christians out of there, away from ISIS and the other 20 terrorist groups. But one of the things that is really significant with Christian persecution is the sexual abuse that goes with it and the trafficking that is part of that Christian persecution. Seeing Christians as second-class citizens, they make them slaves. They, they use them very actively in sex trafficking. That makes them money to be able to do their terrorism stuff. So it's very hard to separate Christian persecution and sex trafficking in many areas of the world. Uh, that That's a money-making market for a lot of folks who hate Christians and and, and prefer their own beliefs. Well, yeah, and specifically, you have individuals that are promoting this evil, and they want to subjugate the people that they disagree with the most, or as, as you mentioned, dad, second-class citizens. So Christians are absolutely targets in so many of these nations. And, you know, it, it's where there are there are places known today where slavery still happens, whether you're looking at China, what they've done with the Uyghur Muslims, and, and, and how they're enslaving them. North Korea, we know slavery still happens. There's many places in the world where it is known slavery exists, and then there's a lot of kind of the underbelly uh, areas of the world where there is a lot of dark human trafficking. And certainly there's a lot of Christian groups that are targeted and, and they're targeted because they're Christians in this. And, and dad, you mentioned the Nazarene Fund. This is something that is part of Glenn Beck's nonprofit that you and I have both helped with over the years. We've been very involved with the Nazarene Fund uh, several years ago. Actually, you and Glenn went over to Afghanistan with the fall of Afghanistan, uh, trying to help rescue Christians uh, as Joe Biden uh, this infamous returning of Afghanistan back over to the Muslims and, and just so much of that debacle. We don't need to relive all that necessarily, but we've been very involved in part of this process. There's several nonprofits that we work with and helping uh, in various capacities. And obviously some, some of this conversation is uh, a little sensitive as to how much we say and to who some of the groups are, because there are still active operations going on in so many places of the world right now, because this is a real thing. Uh, I remember when the movie Taken came out and that it, it, it made it real for some people when it was a father and his daughter gets kidnapped and he's going to go rescue his daughter. And this is what every dad would want to do if they were able. And the reality is there's just so many situations and so many places where people aren't able to rescue their their daughters from these scenarios, but this is very real stuff happening. And, and so this is something that we have have been able to engage in. And again, Mercury One, uh, one of the, the things they do, part of that nonprofit is the Nazarene Fund. And Wall Builders has partnered with Mercury One in many respects. And uh, we, Dad, you and I have both helped do a lot of stuff with the Nazarene Fund to try to fight this evil that is still ongoing. When people look at America and they pretend like America is uniquely evil because of slavery that has been illegal here for more than 150 years. And there are nations around the world where slavery is legal and this stuff 
is openly embraced in many cultures. It's where you see the hypocrisy of a side that pretends like they hate the horrors of slavery while they're not fighting human trafficking nearly as hard as they're trying to condemn America for something that we have outlawed for more than 150 years. And and this is definitely something that people need to be aware of. And Rick, as you mentioned, there definitely are things that we can do to help support some of these nonprofits and and do things to, to hopefully help engage on some level and what we can do supporting those who are trying to put a stop to this. Well, one of the things that's coming, you know, really into the to public's eye is there's a whole movie about um, these rescue missions now happening. It's called The Sound of Freedom. Jim Caviezel from Passion of the Christ is the is the star of the movie, and he's actually our guest today. So looking forward to having him. I had a chance to meet him uh, just a week or two ago at one of the Flashpoint Live events, and a very intense guy, I will tell you that, uh, and very serious about saving kids. Uh, we'll be back in a moment, folks. Jim Caviezel, our special guest today on Wall Builders. This is Tim Barton from Wall Builders with another moment from American history. In the early 1700s, the Reverend John Weiss preached that all men were created equal, that taxation without representation was tyranny, and that God's preferred form of government was the consent of the governed, all of which is language recognizable in the Declaration of Independence. Why? Because in 1772, the Sons of Liberty, led by founders such as Sam Adams and John Hancock, reprinted and distributed the Reverend Wise's sermons. So four years later, much of the declaration reflected the language of those sermons by John Wise. In 1926, on the 150th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, President Calvin Coolidge affirmed, the thoughts in the declaration can very largely be traced back to what John Wise was saying. Few today know that the declaration was so strongly influenced by the Reverend John Wise. For more information on this and other stories, go to wallbuilders.com. Welcome back to Wall Builders. Thanks for staying with us. Great to have Jim Caviezel with us. Going to talk about his new movie, Sound of Freedom, uh, done with Angel Studios. Our friends over there, thank you, Angel Studios, for stepping up. Jim, God bless you, man. This is uh, You're doing the Lord's work here, and I know this had to be a tough project, but thanks for coming on to tell us about it. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Well, I, you know, before we get into the movie itself, which is incredible, thank you for sending me a, a screener. Um, you know, cry like a baby as I'm watching it. It's just powerful, and I know it's going to move other people like that. Before we get into the movie itself, can you take us on the journey? I mean, five years to get this movie made. Um, you know, it, it all kinds of challenges, all kinds of people that didn't want this to happen. And uh, thank God it's out there July 3rd and 4th. In fact, I'm watching tickets being bought right now, Jim, on the Angel side, it's a cool deal. I mean, I'm looking New York, Virginia, Florida, uh, California, Arizona, Oregon, just every second there's somebody getting tickets, getting them for friends, getting people to know about it. So be encouraged, brother. People are talking about it like crazy. Oh, that's wonderful. What do you, what, what was it like trying to get this made? I mean, you've you know obviously been in the business a long time, had a lot of success, but this was a huge challenge. I think it's a lot like The Passion of the Christ. That was a film that they uh, really worked us over. Um, especially the media, um, trying to control the, the world narrative. Back then, I didn't realize there was a narrative. I thought there were just, you know, millions of Christians throughout the U.S., so there's, you know, there'd be plenty of people to watch this, and also um, it was going to be brilliant filmmaking. Um, so I thought there'd be no problem, but it wasn't like that. And uh, the moment I took the film, I was taken off the studio. Um, they were not for me anything after that, mm. uh, during it and after. And so on this one, 
Um, I, I know that Eduardo Vorovsky was and Alejandro Monteverdi, the director and producer, were having a struggle casting it because nobody wanted to do this because of the what the the topic was, which is really interesting. Um, I compared it to I love the film Taken. Yeah, the way, the way this is stylized, this is beautiful. It's like Taken with a big, big heart. A thriller. Yeah, I remember watching that film, and I thought, if I could ever find something like that, that that would be uh, something I'd want to be a part of. Because, like the passion, it's very relevant, and and where we're at right now as a country, and you see all these uh, grooming going on, and uh, trafficking, and open borders, and eighty-five thousand children uh, disappearing, and so here I'm playing this um, homeland security guy who goes down and saves this little boy who turns to him and says, "Will you save my sister?" And then he goes and talks to his wife and sells what he has and goes down and tries to find this little girl. It's a simple story, but um, it's very relevant in this time right now where people are waking up and, you know, looking at Bud Light and why are they doing what they're doing right now? And then uh, Target joining in on it. And that doesn't make any sense. One's losing billions. The other one's losing billions. And more woke that we get pushed, more Americans are saying, I'm not going to. Uh, by that brand. Well, if you're like where I am, come to Sound of Freedom. Uh, it's money well spent. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's a great point because there's so many places right now people are saying, I don't want to give my dollars to, to people that are that are literally undermining the country with it. What can I do that will support something that's doing a good cause? Here's a perfect example. And you talk about this at the end of the movie, how people can actually pay it forward and they can help other people to see the movie as well. I love how Angel Studios is is uh, is doing that and 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 I, I want to ask you back to the to the story of the of the little boy and the little girl because like you said I mean the numbers are staggering uh, and of course at the end of the movie y'all show that um, how large this is and how big the challenge is but that there's things we can do about it but the movie makes it so personal and so real by telling that one story of those two kids uh, it, it was just masterfully done uh, but it makes you want to do something about it. And as you mentioned at the end, you know, it is, uh, I mean, the storyteller is is critical. You guys tell the story powerfully in the movie. And thank you for making it personal enough that I, I guarantee you we want, We got up and said we got to do something after we saw it. How did it affect you? Oh, my gosh. It's like, how, it, how can you ignore what is happening? Once you know, like some people could deny knowing, right? They could say, I didn't know this was going on. And maybe they didn't. Once you see this, you know it's going on, and you are moved to action. It's like you are immediately, no kidding, like talk about get up off the couch. I mean, you stand up at the end of this movie and look around and go, what do I do? How can I help? And and thankfully, you do the the clip directly to camera at the end to say, here's something you can do. And I, I urge people, when you go see this, as everybody listening should go do, stay through the credits and listen to Jim's personal message to you because it'll give you some action steps of things you can do. Yeah, it moved us. My, my wife and I watched it together, and—, and uh, I'm telling you, man, it's it makes you not just want to do something. It I don't think you can live with yourself if you don't do something. I mean, it, it it's that powerful. Yeah. You know, uh, just to tell the audience there, you know, the, um, just every year you think of a big event, right? How about the Super Bowl, right? The NFL makes about anywhere between 11 and 15 billion dollars a year. Okay, this is a 152 billion dollar a year business. Mm. Okay, globally, what that means is football, NFL, NBA. Okay, uh, let's throw Major League Baseball in. Let's take NHL hockey. Let's add all of the World Cup soccer, uh, the Champions Leagues, and throughout Europe and and uh, South America. 
all of that, Real Madrid, okay, Manchester U, all that, still not the numbers, okay, still not there. You have to add in every 18-year-old in the United States gets a full full four-year scholarship to Stanford University. Then you would be talking about $152 billion. Yeah, it's impossible to even grasp if you don't lay it out like that, and and because you know uh, it's a little more than I make, so I, I can't possibly even fathom that amount of money. And then the number of of people, organizations, businesses, cartels, all of those that are involved that have a stake in it now is what makes it difficult to to make the movie, to get out there and 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 tell people about it. But average Joe and Susie, when they see this, they're moved to say, I you know. It, this could be my kid. I think that's the part that got across. Anybody that's a parent or a grandparent, you start going, this could happen to my family and probably has happened to somebody in your neighborhood, in your church, in your community. I, I think that's the other thing you bring home is, hey, this is not some just third world country problem. This is in the United States. Over 300,000 kids under the ages of 18 are lured into the sex trade. Three hundred. We're the biggest consumers of it in the world. In the United States. So, what we, what you can do, um, the audience, I, you first of all, this is a phenomenal film. It's the best film I've done since The Passion. So you're going to get highest quality when you see it. Um, we're trying to give these kids their back their freedom on Independence Day, or Independence Week, and by showing up, you're bringing a big light to this. You're bringing a big light to the border. Do you know, understand that we don't have a south border. And by definition, we're celebrating the 4th of July and we have no country. Yeah, that's right. A sovereign country has to have borders and we don't have a south border. So uh, by going, you're bringing a lot of attention to this and they don't want it. They don't want this around. That's why we had such a hard time getting this out. But by going to the film and telling your friends, now, if you love the film, tell your friends. We want to make this the most important film that this is what all movies were, were made to be, you know, to, to either be propaganda like Joseph Goebbels, you know, the head propagandist for the Nazis who helped uh, Hitler make uh, with Lenny Brickenstahl, Triumph of the Will. Or we can make something that exposes what this evil is. And it's in our government. It's in these three-letter agencies that are refusing to do anything about this. Mm. You see this guy, Mayorkas, Homeland Security's done nothing. Okay, the, the attorney general, nothing. And um, so the, we're running out of theaters right now. We're, we're, we're selling out so fast, and we need more theaters. And by you calling in now to pre-order these tickets now, it forces the uh, distributors to give us more theaters. Yeah. And can you imagine dwarfing Hollywood? We have a chance to do that right now. This week is so critical. We're growing leaps and bounds, but we're right now we're, we're dying for more theaters. And what's going to happen is you're going to show up and say, you know what? Most people do. They just show up. They don't buy the ticket. They show up and it says, oh, it's sold out. Okay. Well, I'm just going to give my money to Disney. Okay. That's what's going to end up happening. You'll go to a movie, but you won't go to our film. You've got to see this film, and you've got to call in. It's just a real simple thing. And um, we want to make um, put such a light on this that uh, they're going to have to recognize this. All the politicians are going to have to rec- – it's, and it's got to be people-driven. 
Yeah. The government's not going to do it. It's got to be us. And, and, and Jim, just, you know, the the easiest way, tell me if I'm doing this right. You know, when I go to angel.com, there's an easy uh, box right there for Sound of Freedom. Click on that. So angel.com, folks, that's easy to remember. Angel Studios, it's where we got the chosen and all these other great things they've done. Angel.com. And then right there, you can click on buy tickets for Sound of Freedom and you can pre-purchase yeah. your tickets for next week, which is, it'll be, you know, July 4th, I guess, is the official opening, but some theaters have it that night before on the 3rd. Uh, you can get it for yeah. throughout the week. And you're saying if we do what you know, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions are going to do before next week, then that, when we fill up those theaters ahead of time, they they get it, they're watching it, they see that, and they go, okay, it's, you know, we got to spill over. Now we need this theater down the road. And that and that means more people watch it, more people see the story, more people take action. We're on the verge of being a major blockbuster right now. Yeah. And, and it can happen. If people just, just say, you know, I, I never pre-ordered, if you could, it'll open those theaters up. And it was just, uh, this is exactly what they don't want. You know, I, I know a lot of you are probably thinking, oh, man, I don't want to see a movie about trafficking. Let me explain something. This is an inspirational film. Yeah. Um, you know, on Christmas, I'm going to pick a, a dark film. When you hear the words, it's a wonderful life, you know, you think, oh, yeah, it's a happy film. Well, it's actually not. That's this guy that's going to commit suicide, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. And he uh, gets saved by an angel. He doesn't see the good he's done in his life. And this angel showed him without him, without him, uh, these people don't live. You know, when you watch this movie, without Tim Ballard, this hero, he became a hero because he did the right thing. Yeah. He risked, he's basically, it's like the Bible, you know, the the, the story, um, um, you know, Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl you'd sell everything to to gain that one pearl that's what tim ballard did and without him these little kids die so i know some of you say well i I can't do it tim did well but what is your purpose in this life what is my purpose and i weaponized by uh, a a whole culture by you know uh, showing a, a a jesus that we had never seen before and what really happened to him and really changed a lot of lives Yes, it was worth the pain and suffering it took uh, it, to do this film, but I I felt like if we all take a part in this, we can really do a number to this world's devil, which is in this trafficking, and it's far bigger than that, but this is the beginning of it, Yeah, and we started, and the line that we use over and over in the film um, that God's children are no longer for sale. Amen. And when God tells you to do something, you don't hesitate. Uh, amen. Well, I'm, I'm so glad you addressed that uh, about, because my wife said the exact same thing after we saw it. She's like, so many people need to see this that I think will be afraid to go see it because they're afraid of the emotional drain and the and the difficulty of dealing with this topic, and they have no idea that it's an inspirational movie. And, and so you use the right, exactly the right word. It's actually an inspirational movie that shows you that lives can be saved and what a difference it makes when, yes. when we're willing to do that. The public has to be awakened to the fifth generation war. We are at war. Yeah. But this is the war that has to be fought and must be won. Amen. We cannot lose our republic, and we certainly cannot hand over our children. Amen. Amen. Jim, God bless you, man. Thank you for taking on the tough fights. God and bless you, too. Thank you. Yeah, we really appreciate it, and we want as many people as possible to see it. Angel.com is the website and we'll of course have links at wall builders today and and uh, make it easy for you to get over there we're encouraging everybody and you can buy tickets for other people you can actually pay it forward cool tool on there uh jim god bless you man thank you so much for coming on 
It was wonderful. Thank you. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back with David and Tim Barton. Hey guys, we want to let you know about a new resource we have at Wall Builders called The American Story. For so many years, people have asked us to do a history book to help tell more of the story that's just not known or not told today. And we would say very providentially, in the midst of all of the new attacks coming out against America, whether it be from things like the 1619 Project that say America is evil and everything in America was built off slavery, which is certainly not true, or things like even the Black Lives Matter movement, the organization itself, not, not the statement Black Lives Matter, but the organization that says we're against everything that America was built on and this is part of the Marxist ideology. There's so many things attacking America. Well, is America worth defending? What is a true story of America? We actually have written and told that story, starting with Christopher Columbus, going roughly through Abraham Lincoln. We tell the story of America, not as the story of a perfect nation or a perfect people, but the story of how God used these imperfect people and did great things through this nation. It's a story you want to check out. Wallbuilders.com, The American Story. We're back here on Wobblers. Thanks for staying with us. Thanks to Jim Caviezel for joining us today as well. I couldn't help but think, guys, you know, as he's talking about this, and even as I watch the movie, there's so much pain in this arena and so many sad stories that don't end well. Uh, but you guys get to hear a lot of the reports of rescue missions and things like that, where despite all the ugly and despite all the bad, you do get to hear, as Jim said, that, you know, it's an inspirational story because when they are saved and when you do see, uh, not that it's an easy road after that when you get them out, but still that, that there are some good endings to some of these stories. Well, there are good endings, but the stories are really kind of worse than what you can show in a, in a film. And as Jim mentioned in playing Tim Ballard, what started off was rescuing a boy from sex trafficking. And he said, can you get my sister? And I think a lot of people tend to see sex trafficking more as young girls, but it's young girls, it's young boys. I mean, once you're perverted and twisted, you get more perverted and more twisted, looking for more twisted things to do. And, and this is the kind of thing where that, a lot of time for Christians, this is one of those things the Bible talks about. It's shameful to be talking about. Yeah, it is. It is shameful. But the Bible also says in Proverbs 8.13 that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And what happens when you hate something? You talk against it. You act against it. You work against it. You stir people up to get against it. I mean, if you hate somebody politically, think of all the things they do when they hate somebody. This is what Christians ought to be doing with the sex trafficking. We ought to have a hatred for it that causes us to engage, that motivates us to get others engaged, that causes us to talk against this. I mean, this is a serious thing. And this is something, too, as, as we are in, on a normal Foundation of Freedom Thursday kind of episode day, normally we'd be talking more about the Constitution. Well, this is something that actually there's some constitutional relevance, because even as, as Jim pointed out in the interview, there's a lot of corruption in the American government that is allowing some of this to happen, uh, including he mentioned the southern border. And as we are getting close to the 4th of July, it's hard to celebrate a nation. And when you don't have borders, because that's part of what makes a nation a nation, all that's true. What's worth noting is we know for a fact that human trafficking is happening across our southern border right now, that some of the sex slavery, there's this is coming into America and, and just so much evil. And there is a blatant disregard for rules of law, blatant disregard for basic standard of decency and morality, for human rights and values. When we hear at times individuals advocating a certain political party, right? Well, the Democrats, they're the ones that care about the poor people and they're the ones that care about the people in need and the hurting. Well, they sure don't seem to be very caring about those coming across the Southern border right now based on how they are being treated. And some of the reports from individuals who have come across the southern border, some of the reports from some of those law enforcement who have had to help intervene and rescue in situations and what they have found and just 
depravity. But this is also where it's worth noting we talk about often that elections have consequences. And if we want to see some of this evil stopped, we have to begin electing people that have a standard that says this kind of stuff is wrong when we are still waiting to see the list of all the people that were on Jeffrey Epstein's list that were child sex predators. And that list has not been released. It's because so many of those arguably are different political leaders from America and those around the world. And they're working to keep that list hidden. This is why we have to have a different kind of leader. We have to get involved in the process, elect different leaders. And in the midst of that, it's also why we need a restoration of biblical principles and values in America. We need to once again, restore the basic understanding of what is right and what is wrong, what is moral and not moral. As we're seeing some of of these different drag shows that are happening around the nation. In fact, I saw something just this week where Bud Light funded a, a transgender drag show up in Canada and there was nudists walking in this drag show and there's children all around as these nudists are walking through them. And Bud Light is, again, helping sponsor these things that are happening. At some point, we have to restore some level of morals, which the, the best foundation is the Bible. We have to get the morals back to say, that's wrong. We shouldn't be doing that. And dad, even the verse you mentioned, Proverbs eight thirteen, that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We as Christians have so much heard that we're not supposed to hate. We're supposed to be loving, be loving, be loving. I would encourage people, look up the word hate in the Bible and see how much God hates. There's a lot of stuff God hates because God hates sin. God hates what sin does to people. God hates the death and destruction that comes on them from sin. God doesn't want that to be around. And we have to finally start standing up against sin and restoring those morals in America. And I'll also point out that not only is God hate, but he has a special place, he says, for those who offend one of his little ones. But I'll point out that when you look up what God hates, you'll also find out that he says that if you offend any one of these little ones, these little children, it'd be better if a millstone were hanged around your neck and you were thrown in the ocean. So there's a lot of stuff he hates, not the least of which is when you turn your back or you help violate a young child, an innocent child, that really goes up on his hate list. It's good to know that there's so many people out there working so hard uh, to rescue these kids and, and to do these things. Really encourage people. We'll have a link today to the Nazarene Fund because I know what you're thinking. I can't go you know, go to some foreign country and rescue a kid. No, but you can donate. You can help cover some of these missions out there to rescue persecuted Christians, all of these things. Go to thenazarenefund.org today. We'll have a link today for you at wallbuilders.com and uh, make that contribution. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to Wall Builders. Stand undivided